Hello, welcome to Yachtitude. Welcome to Yachtitude. Today we're talking about blonde. Well, let's us introduce ourselves first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Anya. I'm Grace. And yeah, today we're talking about blonde. <laughs> <laughs> we have just so many things to say. I was just really eager no, to get started. It's it's very it could have benefited with some editing. It could have benefited for with a lot of things, I think. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of things wrong with this. And I don't even know where to start. I Let's just start at the beginning. So basically, the movie... So we we read the book. We also did a lot of our own research into Marilyn. We read lots of other books actually about her life. We've listened to quite a few podcasts. Yeah. And now we're watching the movie version of Blonde. And I would say I'm really surprised because I was expecting this because it was being marketed, in my opinion, as a Marilyn Monroe movie. So I expected them to kind of like keep the true aspects of her life and leave out the, the fictional parts. Yeah. Well, given that this movie was billed on Netflix as like a biopic, and we've both read Blonde, the novel by Joyce Carol Oates. And it's like semi-biographical about Marilyn and then semi-novelized. Yeah. And, and, that, and she'll, she's like, Joyce Carol Oates is the first one to admit that. Like, she's yeah. like, the, this is the point of this book. It's not. It's a fictionalized version. Yeah. It's not a biography. Right. And, but I just think that like where the problem comes in is Netflix having been like, this is a biography of Marilyn, which it is absolutely not it's absolutely not there's and that's what i'm worried about i feel like a lot of people are gonna like watch this and walk away and being like oh i get marilyn now like oh look at her she was in a thruple like who knew like and i'm like no like none of this is true yeah she was not in a thruple also we are jumping over huge aspects of her life that are fascinating yeah that are just like not included in this yeah well, that's what I that's what I have thought so far in this movie is that like there is like such meat and drama and intrigue and mystery and unusual things about Marilyn's real life story throughout her life. Every era of her life has such an interesting thing going on. I mean, you, it's like seriously, like Marilyn never had a dull moment. Like she always had something interesting going on mm-hmm. at every stage in her life. And she was always working so hard and like and always, always doing something. And to watch this movie, it's just like, it's quiet. There's no sound. It's very slow. It's very, she's just crying all the time. She's being victimized by people. And she was, I mean, real life Marilyn was the victim of like sexual abuse and sexual assault. That's true. Mm -hmm. But that is very, very far from the only thing to know about her. Yeah. And. So I feel like we're just like watching her cry. We're just we're just and, and I mean, we're just showing one side of Marilyn. I feel like we're not having like a full encompassing view of like who she is. And it's just I don't know. It's just really heartbreaking because I feel like if Marilyn saw this, she would be very upset. She would be really disappointed in the way she's like been portrayed in this movie and the the choice the parts of her life that they decided to include that are real and then also i think she would be very upset about the parts that they brought in like the thruple right 
that and even the whole like abortion scene i think is a slap in the face to marilyn yeah because all she ever wanted all she ever wanted was a child yeah and so i feel like the way that they like kind of played that it just it doesn't serve her it doesn't serve her memory no and i just i really don't like it I'm really disappointed in this production. I'm very disappointed. Well, you know, I went into this already a little bit skeptical because I had read a little bit of reviews here and there and I had read an interview with the director. And so this is I had already kind of lost faith before we even started this. And I'm going to read this passage from the director. So the headline of this article says this is a quote from the director, Andrew Dominic. He says, I'm not interested in reality. I'm interested in the images. Oh, my God. And so he said for this film, the reason that it changes from black and white, the reason it changes aspect ratio is that he looked back on the iconic photos of Marilyn that were taken throughout her life. Right. And then basically coordinated the entire movie around trying to recreate those particular snapshots to make them fit all together in a narrative story. Okay. And so at one point, the interviewer asks about recreating these, you know, like, why did you change aspect ratios? Why did you change color, black and white, color, black and white? What's the rationale for that? Mm -hmm. And he says, there's no story sense to it. Oh, my God. It's just based on the photographs. So if a photograph was, you know, three, four by three, then we do it four by three. There's no logic to it other than to try to know her life visually okay but we're not just tell her story if you want to tell her story in her life visually just tell the actual story yeah i don't understand what we're doing yes we have to like make up a fake scenario to make that image happen when there was a real and very interested interesting and scenario yeah and Marilyn's like real life is so compelling it's fascinating you know like even just like even just her like starting off as a little girl norma jean and understanding like what drove her to really become Marilyn Monroe, we, we mm-hmm. don't even we don't even touch on that at all. We don't touch like all the struggle and all the work she put in and like how she basically invented and transformed herself. We gloss over that entirely. All we see is this like abused little child and then we flash forward and she's already made it. I, I feel like you've missed so much of what has made Marilyn Marilyn by doing that. Okay. Another thing he said, do you think this film does much? This is the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Do you think this film does much to unpack or reverse the idea of Mar- Monroe being crazy or difficult? No, I think it explains why. I mean, everyone's crazy. I also don't like the word crazy. I don't like how yeah, we're calling I- Marilyn crazy. Yeah. And Marilyn, okay, so Marilyn did have a reputation of being late for everything and holding things up and that, like, she was, like, viewed as very unprofessional, Mm -hmm. which she, like, she has that reputation because she was. Mm -hmm. She would, like, hold sets up and that's, like, well, well known. But then let's dive into the reasoning behind that. Yeah, like, I guess what pisses me off is it's not, like, trying to be, like, she had this reputation for being crazy and unreasonable. Let's not try to get in her head and understand what was going on with her. And explain that she wasn't crazy. It like she she was dealing with a lot. She was right, but no, I get what you're saying because she was like Marilyn. 
she had to transform like she was very much like two different people she was norma jean and was so insecure and had to like transform herself into this like alter ego of marilyn monroe in order to perform and everyone she worked with would say that they mm-hmm. they would say like as soon as she was like on the set mm-hmm. she was like timid and shy and like wouldn't look at you in the eye but then mm-hmm. as soon as like they called action and the lights came on it was a whole new person yeah the way she walked the way she talked it was just she just like illuminated from within which is mate which is what made her that star yeah she would completely transform like from yeah. head to toe and so it was worth it like people mm-hmm. would complain in her movies that oh my god she's so unprofessional she takes so much time but then when they watch the final cut they'd be like oh my god she's amazing she was so good it was totally worth it yeah because yeah. she knows exactly what she like and that's the part we're skipping in this blonde movie is like norma jean put so much care and effort into her body her movements she analyzed herself like she would spend so much time in front of the mirror so she knew how to turn it on yeah and that's what made her marilyn monroe oh yeah she had like this remarkable ability to turn it on and off like in a snap and so she could turn it off and she would go places in disguise and no one would recognize her at all because she could completely transform into somebody else she had her like alter ego zelda zonk Mm -hmm. and she would go walk around new york and no one would know who the fuck that was yeah and so it's just like she could just put on marilyn and then take off marilyn back off again yeah at least when she was younger i don't know if she could still do that for the rest of her life yeah that's a good question i feel like the lines got blurry and that maybe is maybe some strife for her how why she struggled so much later in life i mean what i don't know and i'm genuinely genuinely curious about and this is a question that i you know now both of us have done a lot of research and read a lot of biographies and listened to a lot of things when she was married to joe dimaggio and arthur miller not at the same time not at the same time she wasn't in a thruple this is not the thruple is not real the gemini's do not exist no but marilyn actually was a gemini but do you think that joe dimaggio and arthur miller called her marilyn do you like on a daily basis i think so or do you think they called her norma do you think think she completely i think by that time she was marilyn all the time i think so yeah i would say maybe yeah i think so that's what i always thought because in a lot of like interviews and stuff with like joe dimaggio's like family members and like arthur miller's family they always refer to her as as marilyn Mm -hmm. they don't refer to her as norma that's true and i think she at that point she really would have left norma behind yeah i don't know but that's an interesting question i wonder i'm curious about that well, I know Jay, like all the Kennedys called her Marilyn. I know. But this it's just interesting because like in the in the novel Blonde, she there's definitely this distinction of like she's Norma Jean. She's yeah. Norma. That's who she is. She has this like sense of self in herself of being Norma. Mm-hmm. And then she puts on Marilyn and then it takes Marilyn back off frequently. And she gets really tired of Marilyn as a character to play. Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually how Marilyn, we call her Marilyn experienced her life well because she did she did legally change her name oh she did yeah to marilyn monroe i believe so oh well then yeah well then i feel like then that answers the question it definitely took her a while like i believe it happened later in her career but i believe she did well then i feel like that answers the question i mean i i don't know i'm really interested in that point that like turning point in her life when she went from that like 
switch from normal Jean to Marilyn mm-hmm. and like how that felt for her and what that experience. I'm very curious about that. And that's an era of her life that we don't have a lot of like psychological insight. Yeah, I guess for me, where I kind of like view the split is when she gets more confidence. So when she yeah. realizes that, oh, I am this star now. So I don't because when she was Norma Jean, like trying to be Marilyn, she would mm-hmm. definitely put on the Marilyn character to become this like sultry, sexy woman that was like every man's desire. Right. And then as she like becomes America's sweetheart, there is a turning point where she's like, I have the power now and I Mm -hmm. want more out of this. I don't want to be the dumb blonde anymore. I want more kind of like actual serious roles. Mm -hmm. And so she starts kind of like pushing back. And so the Mm -hmm. the paparazzi would still like ask her to like, I don't know, like show her tits or show her ass or something. And she started to resent that later in her career. Mm -hmm. And so that's for me where I see, I feel like that's the, the change from a Norma Jean to a Marilyn because now she's like kind of resenting who she was earlier that had to like play those games Mm -hmm. and because she's like I don't have to do that anymore because now I'm Marilyn yeah like there was a younger stage in her career where she had to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. that were really difficult yeah and she was in some really tough places yeah and she did it oh she did I mean the thing is like Marilyn didn't just like happen to become the most famous no. person in the world she she was an made herself. active participant in her own life like she like under her own will and volition made this happen no one got her there yeah and i just that's why i have like so much respect for her because even when she would like negotiate she would like negotiate her contracts with fox yeah and i feel like this movie like the blonde movie like touched on it for like maybe all of two seconds like not even yeah but she really negotiated that contract and really paved the road for other women in hollywood to then follow her lead and ask for more money yeah and i feel like like i didn't know that before i like started reading all these biographies yeah i just didn't realize i didn't know that either and i also didn't realize like the stories in in marilyn's life of like women working together to like help empower each other because like she was like the other women who were like the other actresses in these films like she was working with them for them all the both to be successful yeah together and then later in her life really just before she died she and elizabeth taylor who the media was making such a frenzy about some kind of cat fight between each other they were yeah. never enemies they actually were like kind of allies like <gasps> elizabeth taylor did you know this no i didn't know this but oh, i'm okay. wondering do you think this is like a taylor swift Katy perry's type situation no because <laughs> no we're not we don't no because this is like a dumb media invention of like these cats and that fights. wasn't a media invention that oh no there wasn't oh, Katie? oh i have no idea Katie Perry? Oh, okay. I have no idea. um but i do know that like they were pitted against each other and they didn't actually have any ill will towards each other yeah i feel and, like that's what hollywood does though well yeah and that's my whole point about the Katy perry taylor swift i feel yeah. like that's the exact same situation because i feel like both of them came out and was like this is complete bullshit we don't have issues with each other. Yeah, we never had beef. Yeah. But I mean, but Taylor definitely did like exploit the beef for her own gain. But you know what? More power to you. You know like, what? She's, listen, Marilyn would if it would have benefited her. Oh, well, she definitely took advantage of the things that benefited her. Yes, she did. And you can't hate it. She did well, what she had to do. She's such like a genius woman. Yeah. Like that's what I really walk away walk away with is just she is operating on a whole nother level and honestly us as a society we don't deserve her yeah because she was so talented she just knew how to 
like market herself and knew she knew what people wanted from her and knew how to give it to them without giving away her power yeah which is very admirable i think that like the the novel blonde missed that about her and there were some several like there were several key points in the novel that kind of pissed me off and one of them the one that comes to mind is the part where um you know when marilyn when she was younger she did pose for a like nude magazine oh, or a yeah. nude calendar. calendar and it was super super popular and it blew up but it kind of it was like a delayed blow up so it blew up after she had already like separately become a movie star and then everyone was like she was like you know on coming up she's like the new it girl like still in the beginning of her cr- movie career and everyone was like I see this woman in this calendar and I see this woman in the movie. Is that the same person? And rumors are swirling and the studios flipping the fuck out and getting really upset. And they're like, oh my God, we got to dispute it. We got to dispute it. And she plays this super expert game where she's like, oh, uh, it, it, I mean, it is me. She never lied to anyone. And then when they're in her, she's really coy about it. And then she's doing a separate, an inter- a separate interview with someone else and for a magazine, she like, waits until the interviewer who's like another woman is in the bathroom and then she goes up to her and she's like i just have to tell the truth i just have to tell the truth it is me in the calendar i just can't lie i was so down on my luck i didn't have any money so i had to do it and i don't regret it but i like i understand why people don't like it and like i just i can't lie anymore and this like journalist is totally sympathetic and writes a sympathetic article about it totally tells everyone that it is her Mm -hmm. but in such a sympathetic way that now everyone's on her side and everyone loves her yeah and in the and it's just like a very interesting story in the way that marilyn built herself against everyone else's advice against what she's supposed to do she did what she thought was right and it really served her um but in the book blonde she is totally like oh shit and it's she's genuinely crying and she's just so distraught and she doesn't know what to do and it looks like her career is over and she's just swept in the tide of this scandal and it just luckily it turns out in her favor that everyone still likes her anyway Mm -hmm. and it's like you're completely missing the point which is that she's a really smart person who like she operated that she manipulated this into working for her yeah and no, she was a genius. She really yeah. was. She knew she knew exactly what she needed to do. Yeah. To get where she needed to be. Yeah. And it's very impressive. And it's annoying that we're not celebrating that. Yeah. I just feel like this is like a man's perspective of Marilyn. Yeah. Be well, like, the fact hot. that the director, I'm so bad that he doesn't even care. He's like, I don't care about the truth, but I do want to tell the visual truth. And I'm like, that doesn't make any yeah i don't care about the truth i only care about the images (laughs) like oh my god like because like what's compelling is like we've all seen these images we're all very aware of these iconic Marilyn images and that and to be fair it is fun watching this movie and seeing it because like you do you're like oh my gosh yes i remember that that was such and like i'm blown away by anna de uh what's her last name de armas de armas de armas i'm just like blown away by her portrayal of marilyn she's <laughs> killing it my one comment actually two comments are yeah sometimes the hair's not right and then she doesn't have the same movement like what like the quintessential sultry walk that marilyn had she's like missing kind of those aspects but I think she's killing it. I mean, I think the Marilyn walk would be really hard to do. You know, Marilyn, like, used to hold a bottle between her knees. And she would study for, like, she would practice, like, she would literally sit in the mirror 
Yeah. And just study herself and yeah. like do different movements and try different things. Like she spent so much time and effort mm-hmm. to make herself into Marilyn. Yeah. What's really interesting is like later in her life, I'm just like as Marilyn, like in the late fifties, early sixties, when Marilyn is just like so incredibly beautiful that I just like I'm I would find it so interesting to like walk through life as her just for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Because like she whenever she would like enter a room, the way she, every single molecule of her body, like everything about it, everyone is men and women and everyone in the room is like immediately entranced. Yeah. And people would like well, come over just to touch her. Like she would just yeah. be sitting like sitting or walking and people just come over and just start touching her. Yeah. Well, because pe- and everyone who knew her like in these like uh, biographies would just describe her as. It was like animalistic like she was so in touch with her her body it was mm-hmm. so natural and that was just like what made Marilyn that was just a, such a huge part of who she is mm-hmm. and I feel like we we aren't seeing that as much in the not at all Anna. I don't think we're seeing that at all yeah and she also I mean she had a real like preoccupation with like with the body and with like the naked body yeah and so like a lot like she didn't really have to be persuaded very much at all to no well she was nude. like she kind of wanted to yeah she was famous for for saying that she didn't really think sex was that big of a deal and she yeah. didn't understand why yeah why people made it so it's just it's yeah. just a natural part of life yeah but when she was young she described to people how like when she was young she used to think about like what if i like she had like this whole like kind of like fantasy in her head of like what if i had like a hoop skirt on but it was just the hoop no skirt yeah and nothing on underneath it and then everyone would be laying on the floor and i would just walk over like step over them and they would just look up mm-hmm. and see me she made that up that was her own thing yeah. she wanted people to see her yeah and there's nothing i think the thing is like there's nothing wrong or reprehensible or morally bad about that whatsoever mm-hmm. and she never thought there was it was everybody else who had a problem. Yeah. I mean, especially her husbands. Well, don't. They, oh my oh God. <laughs> oh it's like, it's God. so cliche. It's maddening that it's like, <laughs> it's like all Arthur Miller and like Joe DiMaggio wanted was this like, they wanted Marilyn, but then once they had Marilyn, they couldn't deal with Marilyn. I mean, the thing is, it's cliche they were, because they are the ones, like, this whole story is the one that set the standard. Oh, is like, it? I mean, I don't know if that's true, but, like, it feels like this is the most iconic I just feel story. Like, I just feel like this is, like, now, a tale as old as time. <laughs> I know, but, like, here we are 60 years later, and it's like, who's the archetypes for, like, Americana famous people in the past? Like, the Marilyn and these relationships mm-hmm. and what happened to them. Yeah. It's like, you're right. I mean, it is. It's cliche now. I don't know if it was cliche at the time. I just feel like. Sure seemed original to her, I feel like. I don't know if it seemed original to her or if she was just like falling into these relationship patterns because she was, she did have such like an insecure attachment style and she was like constantly searching for that like father figure. Well, yeah, nobody and, has ever in history had such big daddy issues. Yeah, and so she would Marilyn. she would find these men like Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller, and at the beginning of the relationships, they were they were just so gobsmacked by her. Yeah, and she would even say like even with Arthur Miller, she was like, I need to like keep my beauty. Like I'm mm-hmm. wondering because she was like pushing. She was like in her Going early thirties, yeah. And she's like, I'm worried that the reason why we're having marital issues is because I'm losing my beauty, yeah. And so I think like at the beginning of those relationships, they were they felt secure because there was still that like 
initial attraction. And then for her, she was like, oh, these men love me. It's Mm -hmm. not, she like didn't, she thought it was like deeper. Mm -hmm. And then once she, in Joe DiMaggio's case, was acting and working and he got jealous. Mm-hmm. And then in Arthur Miller, he just realized that, oh, she's actually more fake. I think Arthur Miller was just threatened by her. Yeah. They, and they were like, we can't, both of them couldn't deal. And so just peaced out. Yeah. Well, I mean, Arthur Miller was like such a weenie. Then he also. Arthur he, Miller <laughs> is such a dick. He's a piece of shit. The fact. <laughs> okay. So because he was like, what, in his 40s? And she was like. In his 50s. I want to 40s. Okay. I think he was like 40 and she was like 29 yeah, when they okay, got married. Fair enough. Yeah. And and like he was like at the end of his, like he had already done the Crucible. He had already done Death of a Salesman. Like he was already kind of like a. Yeah. One one biography I read was like he was like pretty much washed out. Like, yeah. Much, like. No, honestly. <laughs> creatively drained. Honestly. And so I feel like he was just like trying to be relevant. Yeah. And so like grabbed onto Marilyn. Yeah. The, the That same biography was like, this is a last gasp of a middle aged man still oh trying to stay gosh. young. Honestly, though. <laughs> but like the truth. And it's so true because then after she died, he's going to like, what, still try and make money off of her? Like he wrote oh, an yeah. entire play. Oh, and basically God. that was so disrespectful. I feel I mean, like. Also, I tried my hardest to like them to watch the misfits all the way through oh i sat down one evening i put it on i was like okay we're gonna watch this i couldn't get to the end it was so god awful i yeah i have seen it and marilyn knew it she fucking hated oh, it oh yeah from she the was get- so there's mad. the reason they broke up because <laughs> it was like oh my god because like his genius idea like after she went through the like atopic pregnancy where they had to yeah. terminate to save her life he was like he was like, oh, I need to, like, make my love letter to Marilyn. And so decides to, what, reinvent one of his short stories and then, like, invent kind of a character for her. And she's like, I don't want this. This isn't what I want. Yeah. It's like, it's, no, it's it's all, it's just about him. Well, yeah, and she would, like, go to him and be like, let her do something. Like, let her yeah. do something. And he'd be like, what do you mean? And it's like, okay. but So you don't understand her at all. No, and it was just, like, such a toxic relationship. Because, like, one of the biographies that like we read was saying that he would like put like aspects of like Marilyn's real life, but like the negative slant of it. Yeah. And so it, and make her say lines that he wanted her to say in real life or he wanted her to realize in real life. And I was like, this is so just like toxic and passive aggressive and this relationship needs to end. Oh yeah. Like it would start with a real life conversation, like word for word of what they said to each other, but then end with his own take on it yeah and then he gets the last word and then he's like what like out there like cheating on her like she comes home and there's like perfume on like a different woman's perfume on one of her fur coats i'm like oh my god like just oh my god arthur miller what he's just (sighs) what a fucking weenie honestly a mess a mess he's just so gross yeah like and because she tried so hard with him she was really she was really like i'm gonna be like the wife and mother she thought like, this was like her forever thing yeah she was like this is he finally like he's smart he gets me we're intellectual equals like this is gonna be a great relationship and then he's like i thought i married an angel but it turns out that she never graduated high school yeah as if that fucking matters yeah like i'm pretty sure so like he wrote her 
Well, he did. He wrote in his journal, but then purposely left it out so she would see it. And yeah. no one really knows what it says. But I, I honestly do believe that like he probably called her a whore. I think she told people that. Yeah. I mean, she told people several like, like of what it said. Yeah, but like Marilyn. I mean, Marilyn will contradict herself a in lot. like multiple stories when yeah. she talks about her life. But I think. Because, like, that was Joe DiMaggio's whole issue because he had a freak attack when they were filming, um, like, that iconic scene where she's standing on the subway grates and the skirt goes up. seven-year itch. Yeah, and he just couldn't handle it. Yeah. He, because, like, people were, like, cheering and, like, and they were, like, catcalling her and she was loving it. She was having the time of her life. Yeah. And he was, like, I, I can't handle this. He couldn't deal. He had to leave. Yeah. He, like, short-circuited. Yeah. But then... He goes and he's and the next day. I mean, she never confirmed it. She never said. But like the next day she shows up for filming again. And now she has bruises. Yeah. On her upper arms. Yeah. Right? On her upper arms. From Not like, on her face. Yeah. But on like her torso and her upper arms. So I that's interesting because like I only read that in one of the like I just feel this is the other thing about Marilyn. I feel like I read like I read like three different biographies and listened to a bunch of different podcasts and I feel like every story is slightly different. Yeah. And every take on each of these relationships is different and it's so mm-hmm. hard to understand what the true story is. Mm-hmm. So that one biography by um Charles Castillo? Yes. I want to yeah. the guy from Cleveland the, Castillo, Cleveland Castillo <laughs> every single time. But in his biography that was the only time I came across that. The other the other ones didn't mention it. They mentioned that he that they would like fight and like yell a lot mm. and be very verbal, but they never. Mm. That was the only one where they talked about her having like bruises on her upper arm from Maybe. him like holding and shaking. But I mean, her. I guess the thing is like, or everyone does agree though. That I didn't see. You're right. Now that I think about it, but everyone does seem to agree that she filmed that that thing for seven year itch with the skirt flying up. Yeah. He did not like it and he left. Oh, and that was the reason. And then shortly thereafter, she filed for divorce. Yeah. And that, but that's like the reason in all of, because even Marilyn's like first marriage um, mm-hmm. to her next door neighbor, which we yeah, never even. Jim Doherty. Yeah. Which we never even touch on. In this movie. In just this like movie at all. Doesn't, doesn't even touch. Doesn't even. Yeah. Talk about it. So he, so basically Marilyn married him when she was what, like 16. And it was basically yeah. just to like get her out of the house. Cause like she needed a guardian. Well, because. Yeah, because Grace Goddard's husband was trying to get her alone in a room. And so yeah. Grace Goddard was like, I need to get you out of here, but I can't send you back to the orphanage. orphanage won't because take you. Well, yeah, because you're 16 now. And that sucks for you. And like, I was your mom's best friend and I am trying to look out for you, but my husband keeps trying to sleep with you. And so we got to do something here. But so, we're not going to leave him. No, we're going to move to West Virginia. Yeah. And you're going to stay here and marry the next door neighbor. And she's like, I don't want to get married. And, and Grace Goddard is like, well, sucks to suck. You're getting married anyway. Yeah. And then she gets married. And then Jim Doherty. Well, and then, yeah, so he joins, like, the Merchant's Marines or something. Oh, my God. I was thinking of you he, when he joined the Merchant Marines, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love I want to be a Merchant Marine. No, but a Merchant Marine, it turns out, sucks. That's a sucky th- No, that would, I would not be a good Merchant Marine. But I also, would not like, that. you get, it's, like, all the risk with none of the glory. Yeah. But anyway, and so if he's, you're like, in World War II in the South Pacific. If you're in World War II in the South Pacific, you don't want to be a merchant marine. Just just remember that, everybody. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so he's like off doing whatever merchant marines do. And then he supply like. Supply chains. Supply chains. <laughs> See? Oh, my God. Am I a modern day merchant marine? <laughs> 
my gosh. Oh my god, wait, maybe my childhood dream did come true. Resume booster. Just like working on supply chains. You just gotta bring them into war zones and now you're a merchant marine. Well, with Ukraine, it's not that hard. Love is a battlefield. Love so. is a battlefield. <laughs> Oh my god. But no, yeah. So he's like off and then he like sees her on magazines and he was like, This is my wife. And then people aren't believing him. But then people are like, Oh, that's your wife. And it becomes like, She's too sexy. And he was like, You need to stop this. We need to have like a family. Yeah. And he, it's like the exact, it's the same relationship pattern again and again and again. Yeah. He would like come back from leave and be like, So you're going to quit this, right? And she'd be like, No. And he'd be like, what (laughs) and then when he was away she just like filed for divorce one day well he like wasn't even there yeah and he just like got served the papers while he's out in the south pacific in world war ii or some shit (laughs) yeah sucks to suck buddy your pinup wife is leaving you and she maybe wouldn't have left him Uh, she would have left him. i feel like she would have well because the thing is she had to she had to be free to go do some of the stuff that she had to i mean the thing is she was there were definitely some casting couch situations not necessarily though because there's a lot of people i feel like everyone in hollywood was like married but no one was like every it was Uh, yeah it's true a lot of people yeah it was a lot of swingers a lot of swinging swinging. but um there were she was so quick with a comeback she was very smart and so she there were like some casting couch situations it seems like she was like she was sleeping with p- producers maybe oh yeah she definitely but was she w- but she was sleeping with them also partially because she like liked them or she wanted to have sex with them well but my understanding was she viewed it kind of like we just need to like get this out of the way so then we can like concentrate yeah like i feel like that's the tone i got from but there was at least one case of one guy trying to be like, hey, come on my yacht and oh, then I'll yeah. cast you. And she's like, well, I'd love to come on your yacht. And I'd also love to meet your wife. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't believe that she would bring up my wife in this situation because she just like killed that dead. Like she's yeah. not going to sleep with you on your yacht, buddy. And she so like it seems like she was not like she was acquiescing. Mm-hmm. in some to some degree to maybe the other people she never really like spoke about that this is all speculation about the casting couches and sleeping with producers that's all speculation yeah but i think it's because like it was just so common in this time period that yeah. for her to become from like norma jean to e- even for people enough to like invest in like her plastic surgery to yeah. like help her on her journey oh yeah well she had that one guy who actually did leave his yeah. wife for her and then he was gonna put her in his will and leave all his money to her and then he died, and then he died. right before <laughs> it was literally so she like, was, he like, was like it was like the three pre- days away yeah, it was three like days the away. primo moment oh, she's like i found gosh. this old guy he's sick he's my sugar daddy he bought me all these surgeries he's gonna leave all he left his wife and he's gonna leave all his money to me and then right before like three days before he could do it he dies and then she didn't get any money no but she did get the plastic surgeries out of it yeah and good for her mm-hmm. but she really cared for him she like that she to. she i like that was like a tough time for her when he died and he really yeah. liked her yeah and so it was it was sad that was a sad she's had a yeah she had a sad life i know well that's the thing that i thought when we were watching this scene with the gemini's mm-hmm. who were supposed to be like charlie chaplin's son and whatever reggie g or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. I don't even know who that guy is. Reggie G. 
Ronnie G? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Is. I don't know. I feel like um, we should Google it. Does it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. But we don't like them. She's in this relationship with them, and they and like it's like this appears to be happier than any relationship that I knew Marilyn Monroe to ever have. Yeah, they seem genuinely. There's like genuinely a connection there. Yeah, and they're like laughing and playing and running around. They seem to really like each other. They seem to be like equals. They're like looking her in the eyes soulfully. They're like having what appears to be very satisfying sex. Yeah. Like, when did she ever have that? Is this like wish fulfillment? We wish she had that. Yeah. This is the strongest argument for a thruple I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, this seems great. Seems a great setup. I, I, yeah, I would have loved Marilyn to have a relationship like that. And you know what? Yeah. I hope she did. And we just don't know. Well, I feel like there were definitely like glimmers. I feel like th- what's, what's hard and tragic about Marilyn is that like, there were glimmers. Mm-hmm. There was like a moment with Joe DiMaggio and with Arthur Miller where it was like, we, there's something like we could be. There's like a potential yeah. for us to be really secure and happy. But they could never get there. Yeah. They just couldn't ever get, get to it. And then she would end up moving on and see, see glimmers of that potential with somebody else. Yeah. Then it's just tragic. It is. That she didn't live long enough to get there. It is. Yeah. She's just, she's such an interesting person. She is a really interesting person. Because I, that quote, there's like a Marilyn quote where she's like, it's a lot more fun, like imagining what it would be like to be famous instead of like being famous or yeah. being a movie imagining what it would like to be a movie star instead of being one mm-hmm. and i just think that quote is so tragic because mm-hmm. you really realize that in her later years she was just very unhappy yeah. and that's like when yeah like she kind of went off the rails when she lost the baby and was doing a lot more pills and just like wasn't mentally okay mm-hmm. and just didn't have that support and there was a lot of suicide attempts or overdoses mm-hmm. that she was saved from mm-hmm. and so it's it's just like sad like as you like get to like the later part of her life you just it's just it's heartbreaking it is heartbreaking well it's also it's just so interesting it's like she's a very interesting complicated person mm-hmm. so she would have a lot of like ups and downs and ups and downs so it'd be like there's times when she would seem like she's back on the up yeah she's gonna be okay She's stabilizing. She's more positive. And then there are other times when she's like on the downs and like trying to kill herself several different times, yeah. crying out for help, can't get through the day, just, just drugging herself like crazy. Yeah, Doctor the amount shopping of to try drugs to get she was on was insane. Yeah. Well, in the combinations With of the, the drugs. alcohol. We had to be all, drinking all oh that champagne. Gosh. I mean, it's now like, even even though she wanted a child so badly, even when she was pregnant, she couldn't she, she couldn't, couldn't stop. stop taking the drugs or the alcohol. She no. couldn't stop. No, she was so addicted. Yeah. And the doctor's like, you need to slow down. And she was she just couldn't. No, she couldn't. Yeah. And it's b- because she had people around her that were enabling her. Mm-hmm. She needed a better support group. Yeah. Well, she needed. Well, yeah, she needed a better support group. And she was by the end of her life in the past last like couple years of her life. She put all her faith in that one psychologist who just really shat the bed on that one, didn't he? Yeah. Like that was one shitty as fuck dude. He just like 
totally violated all of the things that you would expect from a psychiatrist and like let her into his life. There's all these rumors that they were sleeping together. I don't personally know if I believe that. So I know his daughter said that like Marilyn was like flirty with him, but he like, yeah. I feel like all the accounts is like that he didn't. Yeah. That's what I, well, there are some accounts but, that I've heard that has said that they were sleeping together. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a strong case for like, she's flirty with him, but she's flirty with everyone. She's flirty with everyone. That's she's just who she is. She's flirty with everyone. And he maybe was exerting a lot of control over her. I mean, he did kind of like isolate her from the other support systems in yeah. her life and kind of like get her on her own. But like, and so she's totally dependent on him. So she, when like her whole like crisis that came happened while he was on vacation in Europe, like that's, she had that crisis that ended up killing her. Yeah was was happened while he was on vacation because he had isolated her from every other support system in her life yeah so she had no one else but him but then even like her like therapist before him um Mm -hmm. i i can't remember her her name oh the woman who committed her yeah but there was the woman who was like really into um like the psychotherapy and so would really push Marilyn to go back into her childhood Mm -hmm. and like experience all that trauma but didn't help her cope with it yeah and then committed Marilyn. um when Marilyn admitted to her that she had like a suicidal thought yeah she committed Marilyn, and but that Marilyn being committed it it was insane. Like she was in an insane asylum. It was horrible situation. She couldn't have access to the phone. They took her clothes. They were, there were like certain, some like, places where you read, there was like some sort of inappropriate kind of like, Oh, abuse. I didn't read that. But yeah. she was like in a straight jacket. Yeah. So she did say that it's hard because like, I it, like there was, there is, she did say at one point, um, to one of her friends that when she was in when she was um, in like the mental hospital, she I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. The one where she it's like a full on insane asylum. Yeah. Or the one, OK. Yeah. Yeah. When she was in there, they because they like, yeah, would strap her to the bed. Yeah. And so at night staff would come in because they're so. Oh, yeah. Just like. Yeah. Yeah. Engrossed in Maryland. I d- you know what? I heard that, too. Yeah. I heard that. So I did hear that. I don't know. It's just it's it's hard. Like so she it's like she didn't even have like a good any good therapist. Like no one was on her side. No. It was just it there was, was like there was like no safe place for her mind to rest. Yeah. I just feel like like as you're like reading about her life and going through the story, the going through growing through her story, we all know how it ends. Yeah. And I just it's like you see all the signs. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know what's going to, and it's just tragic. Cause I, I just feel like. Yeah. You're like watching it come right at her, like, like yeah. a train on a track. Yeah. And it's just really hard to, it's hard to watch by the end. Yeah. It's really, really hard. And yeah. I just feel like we, we failed her. Like. Oh, well, absolutely. And it's just, yeah. This isn't even to mention all the possibilities of the people who murder possibly oh murder oh my her. gosh do we <laughs> want to get into well, this this is, this is what well, our conversation so far has been the assumption that she killed herself which yeah. isn't outside the realm of possibility because she did have many accidental overdoses and she, she did. did have some intentional overdoses yes and she did have suicidal ideation so the for me i could see it being like an accidental overdose because in the past when yeah. she almost accidentally overdosed she saved herself because she was able to call and like Mm -hmm. get someone to come get her Mm -hmm. and then when they did find her her body Mm -hmm. 
she did she was holding like a phone so she was trying to call yeah so that's kind of Mm -hmm. and then i was listening to a podcast that they were like really going into it about because a lot of people are like well the drugs were like already like ingested like how is that Mm -hmm. possible but then they were saying that that is possible and like marilyn was just like on like it, it would just be so easy for her to overdose because she was on such a high level anyway. Yeah, that she she wouldn't know until it was too late. But her tolerance was so high, so high. But I like the conspiracy theories better. I mean, some of the, some of the things though about the conspiracy theories are just too hard to ignore. Okay, so what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Like the one I believe the most, N- or my f- no, your favorite theory. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to think about it. What's your favorite thing? Okay, so okay, so Arthur Miller had ties with communist parties, and so was being investigated by like the FBI slash CIA, and like had to go to Congress. Also, this is another reason where, or another instance where Arthur Miller, that fucking asshole, used her to get out of because he was basically like, he was like, oh. Uh, like i'm gonna go marry marilyn i can't be a communist yeah like i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm married to marilyn marrying america's sweetheart like i'm yeah. america's number one van anyway he's the worst but anyway so yeah so they were investigating her and the fbi was investigating marilyn mm-hmm. and so one of the conspiracy theories because as as like at the end of her life she got close to both kennedy brothers mm-hmm. bobby and jfk jfk <laughs> like, i can't believe i forgot that one name <laughs> And so the theory is that she was killed by like the CIA because she was like telling secrets, taking like government secrets that she would learn from like the Kennedys and like bringing them back to like her communist contacts. Oh. And so they well, you know, silenced her. Okay. Interesting. Well, you know what my favorite one is? What? My favorite one is if it was the mafia. Oh, the Frank Sinatra connection. <laughs> it was for the Frank Sinatra connection. And because she was, you know, she had her thing. So this is my favorite one. She had her thing with Bobby Kennedy. Mm-hmm. She had a thing with Bobby. And Bobby's telling her stuff. And she's telling Bobby stuff. And the lines are getting really blurred here. But she's kind of threatening. And meanwhile, Bobby is like diametrically opposed to the mafia because he's trying to end all this mobs and stuff and because he's the attorney general at the time yeah and she goes around she calls him the general she's telling people like i'm sleeping with a really important guy and, and i call him the general well wait was that bobby <laughs> or was that jfk that she was referring to the general was bobby oh it was yeah she okay. liked she liked bobby more than jfk which you know what bobby was probably a better lover than jfk oh well yeah no jfk is known i mean he's famously known to um, I, there was like a famous actress that said it, it was like sleeping with JFK was like the best six seconds of my life. Yeah. Because he, for him, he was just like, it, I mean, he was in a lot of physical pain. Yeah. And so even his like staff would refer to um, like his like sexual cons like conquests as his Advil. Yeah. They were just like, he just needs this to get through the day. Yeah. So it was, for him, there wasn't any romancing. It was very much like one and done. Yeah. Yeah. So he was not necessarily... A very good lover. Mm-hmm. Bobby probably was. I don't know. Who's I mean, to say? Who's to say? Who, no one knows. But she did seem to like Bobby more. I think. Yeah, she does. And she had more of like a connection with him. Yeah, and 
it just you know she had that fight with her best friend on her mm-hmm. last day pat newcomb and i thought that was so interesting her fight with pat newcomb on her very last day yeah she was fucking pissed as hell she was so mad so mad and she was mad because pat newcomb had gone on a date with bobby and mm-hmm. didn't tell her and she was fucking pissed she's not pat newcomb like it put herself in the hospital. She was like, I'm, I have the flu. I need to go to the hospital just to get away from her. Cause they were like roommates. Yeah. And she was just trying to get away. But interesting in retrospect that Pat Newcomb has an alibi for that evening so, being checked into the hospital. So that was like one thing I was questioning. I was like, why has it Pat never been brought in on this? Because I feel like yeah, no one talks she, about Pat Newcomb. Well, she has a very questionable history with Marilyn like they were yeah. basically like they were frenemies they were totally frenemies. because at the beginning at the beginning of their relationship Pat they had some big like blowout and falling out and yeah. then didn't talk for a couple of years well, because and it, Pat like impersonated yeah, her because right Pat, like went to a bar and pretended to be Marilyn yeah. and told all the people around that she was Marilyn and everyone believed her and then Mar- it got back news got back to Marilyn that she had done that and Marilyn was pissed yeah rightly so and didn't talk to her for a couple years yeah I think it was like five years or something yeah and then when Pat came back into her life it just seemed like a very like kind of like toxic almost like controlling friendship but they were both like controlling each other well right well it was like pat was actually her publicist but yeah. also her best friend but and was living in her house with her mm-hmm. but she would gatekeep people from her yeah so like people that like had known Marilyn for longer and were mm-hmm. they thought closer to Marilyn would be like well what's going on and pat's like well if you want to know you have to go through me right and they're like well no like who are you yeah but it's also interesting so yeah i'm wondering because there's also rumors about pat and Marilyn, and was there like did pat want more of the relationship did she want more of like a romantic like oh, between the two of them between the two of them so maybe she was jealous also i find it i mean i hope we don't get sued from this but also i'm wondering because like pat has been very quiet about Marilyn. like Pat's she's not alive anymore no, but like when she was like oh, after okay, yeah. like after Marilyn died, like she yeah. was approached for interviews and like book deals and all this stuff. And she kept refusing. Well, she went to Europe for six weeks so after I'm, she died. So I'm wondering. But also Mrs. Miller, the housekeeper, mm-hmm. also went to Europe for six Wait, weeks. Wait, was her name she... Miller, the housekeeper? I don't know what her name. Mrs. something. Oh, yeah. Eunice Miller. Interesting. Went to europe for six weeks after she died they both went to europe for six weeks and that's what makes and that's part of one of the there's something like something's up here i feel like yeah i feel like i mean so there's like two options to me really i there's the one option oh wait hold on can we just go back to your frank Frank sinatra mob because we never actually finished it we never talked about the calneva lodge the weekend before she died she was at the calneva lodge she was like assaulted it was terrible she accidentally overdosed that evening and then all of these mob boss guys are being so disrespectful of her and like taking these terrible photos where they're like sitting on her and all this weird shit and that's very upsetting no it's very disrespectful to her and she was very upset by that so that was the weekend one week before she died and then but then the weekend of i mean it's just like she gets in this fight with pat newcomb and then pat newcomb leaves so it's just her and the housekeeper she calls her therapist who is now back from europe because she's having a crisis and he came back from europe early and is she's like come to my house and talk to me he comes he leaves she's left home alone she takes a bunch of painkillers and goes to bed or sleeping pills yeah and goes to bed with and that's champagne. the official story yeah with champagne there's no champagne flute anywhere near her there's no 
glass of water or milk, which she used to either do milk or champagne, mm-hmm. no, neither of those. There's no glass. Even in the bathroom, there was no water running in the bathroom because she was getting work done on her house. So it's not like she could have gone to the bathroom to get water. It wasn't there. So what did she dry swallow? 24 pills? Hard to believe. I do think that it's possible that she, like, accidentally overdosed because she was known to do that. She didn't write a note. In other cases, when she did intentionally try to kill herself, she wrote a note. Well, she wrote, there was something, they found something in, like, a journal that was, like, a half-written note to Joe DiMaggio. But But it wasn't, like, a suicide note. But, like, her real journal, like, her actual diary is missing. Oh, the red diary? Yeah. Didn't they find that? Oh, did they? I thought maybe not. I thought they still hadn't found it. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But like also her phone records were missing yep. from the phone company. See, this is why I feel like it could have been the FBI or the CIA. Well, that's why I also feel like it could have just been the mob because the mob would have come and then they say like they call to say it's done. And then they're like, well, shit, we got to get rid of that phone. And record. they erase everything. Well, the, the whole theory about the mob would be really interesting, especially because that's also a theory about like who killed JFK. The mob. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know, but it definitely could have been the mob, I think. But the thing about the mob, in order to kill her, what they would have had to do is an enema full of barbiturates. Yeah. But I, and I thought that that theory was debunked, the enema theory. Was the enema theory debunked? I thought so. I didn't. But I don't know. See, this is, this is what's so hard about Marilyn because it's like, it depends. I just like don't know who to trust because there's so many different sources, especially when it comes to this conspiracy theory. Well, also like, but then also like during the autopsy, all the organs and all the reports and all the toxicology and everything went missing. Mm-hmm. They had like pulled samples and then the samples were like flushed down the toilet. And it was like, oh, sorry, I thought that we didn't need that anymore. And it's like, we yeah, no, done. it's, it's very, there's a lot of questionable things that happen. Also, like the the, the official story is that like. She was locked in her room. Her bedroom door didn't have a lock. The the landlady saw, not the landlady, the housekeeper, the housekeeper. Lady, saw the light under her door. She had too thick a carpet to see the light under the door. And then the therapist comes. It's the middle of the night and breaks the window to get into her. The window was broken from the inside out. The shards of glass mm-hmm. were on the outside. So someone broke the window from the inside doesn't make sense Mm-mm. there's just a lot of things and about even this like, and then the, then the, the timeline the lady of was washing the sheets yeah and so the way they found her body was after the lady had already moved her body to remove the sheet so like this whole thing about her being face down who knows if she was originally face down yeah we don't know no anyway <laughs> see i so the, when i like first started like learning about Marilyn and like the all the conspiracies around her death honestly i think the one that's the most compelling is that like bobby kennedy did it yeah because i feel like he was there at the right time he was like on a flight out that night he like chartered a flight he came to la we know he did and the only one who said he didn't was the head of the fbi guy who was he was supposed to be staying at his house and the guy was like oh yeah yeah and i know and i know because like there were like questions about because like there were like because he was like telling her things and like she i mean marilyn like could have chatted like you never know i just feel like and the the kennedys i mean they've killed before so yeah i mean the thing is at the end of the day like be it the mob the kennedys the fbi the cia it's just like she was killed by a boys club Mm -hmm. she like if she was killed it was by like some like big male like organization yeah that all banded together against her yeah if she would like and so that's just what's really frustrating is to be like there's never going to be any justice no for what happened no and 
it just makes you mad it does she deserved a lot like they just decided she was expendable yeah yeah no it's really upsetting it's very very upsetting anyway (laughs) and now here we are 60 years and two months after she died watching this the worst movie. shitty movie worst movie ever made about her <laughs> let's just say like shitty movie i am mad on her behalf <laughs> yeah she would be so anna de armas you do not count you're I'm doing not- an amazing job you deserve an oscar i'm so proud of you you're killing it i'm not mad at the actress at all i'm mad at the director for sure this is so bad it's, it's so bad i'm i really when we started watching it i really tried to like it and yeah. i was like oh this is gonna be fun like yeah it's artsy fun and then i was like no this is just dumb you know it's it's like a student film (laughs) it's like i don't know like some kid in film school could have made this movie better honestly it's like i feel like it's like it's similar to the misfits and where they're just like trying too hard and missing the mark yeah they're like going for something they're like this is a woman right yeah Ooh. yeah <laughs> it's like did arthur miller she, write this like she what puts happened? on makeup and she wears a dress and she cries that's what women knew like that's oh. i can't even no it's annoying like, like and like notice even how that- we just had a very long and compelling conversation about Marilyn's life and we let there's a ton more oh, to say we covered maybe like, like a an fraction of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like such a small fraction of all of the interesting things that happened during her life yeah and then this movie is just like honestly boring. i would recommend there i'm gonna google it there is a um on netflix there's a documentary about Marilyn that i would recommend over watching this and it, especially if you're like interested in all like the death theories it's mm-hmm. it's exactly what you need to be watching right now. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes on Netflix. It's an hour and 41 minutes, so it's literally a third of Blonde, and you will learn way more and get yeah. so much out of it. Well, you know what? Did you see, like, you know, there, I feel like there's, like, this big trend right now of doing, like, a slightly fictionalized version of, an like, an interesting person's life. Did you see, like, Bohemian Rhapsody or, like, Rocket Man? I saw Rocket Man and I hated it. And so oh, I didn't okay. see Bohemian Rhapsody because I was worried that I wouldn't like it. I actually like Bohemian Rhapsody a lot more than I like Rocket Man. So, and Bohemian Rhapsody does have some factual inaccuracies. Um, some factual inaccuracies? It does have some things that did not happen. Yeah. It does have some fictionalization of yeah. Freddie Mercury's life. But it is like a big budget, high saturation, like beautifully made, well acted version of freddie mercury's life mm-hmm. that's like 75 percent true yeah and i guess i kind of went into this kind of expecting a similar deal like yeah big budget beautifully made bright and colorful version of Marilyn's life that's like 75 percent true yeah that's what i thought that's not what we're getting no not at all we're getting like i don't even i don't even know what this is like (laughs) i don't know i don't well i feel like you said it so as we were watching grace was like it's as if they wanted this to be done by a24 and then just like it wasn't and i think you're right like i feel like if this was like an a24 movie it would have been a hundred times better yeah but if I they had done like Midsummer, but with Marilyn, yeah, we would way be better. screaming. We no, would be- <laughs> this would be oh, 
that Florence Pugh would have been a great Marilyn. Florence Pugh actually, she could have pulled it off. She has the facial structure. Wow, I can't believe. Why did we not cast? I, I mean, mean, Anna de Armas is like killing it though. Yeah. I, like her face, I just like, I'm like, I can't stop looking at your face. Like the yeah. facial expressions are so good. Yeah, I'm really, I'm just, yeah. And I feel like the way like her eyes, like how she like doesn't look people in the eyes, and she keeps like fluttering and like looking down. Yeah, as she talks, but it's just it's yeah she got it's the really compelling movement. yeah she, she has a lip the movement that like the texture of the skin looks like marilyn like mm-hmm. everything just is so well done and the mm-hmm. costumes i don't know if we've already talked about this but the costuming is incredible yeah iconic the costuming is good work yeah so and, i mean the art direction overall this is movie good isn't work. all bad there are good aspects i mean it's just like i feel like it's it's one of those things that happens a lot with like big budget movies where it's like all of the a lot of the individual pieces are really good but the whole overall direction was bad yeah (laughs) yeah and so the art the like the art department did a fantastic job no faults faultless job it's just that like the director and the writers have some big problems yeah you know it was just like three hours worth of really hurting this girl just like for no reason for no reason we didn't get anything out of it i just think it was just like they just like took the story of Marilyn and like stripped it of all the happiness and pleasure and just like basically tormented her for three hours so when they interviewed the director they asked did you see anything optimistic in this story and he said i mean no yeah Blonde is supposed to leave you shaking like an orphaned rhesus monkey in the snow. What the heck is a rhesus monkey? It's like, you know, those like cute little, it's not, that's not important. But, um, no, it's, it's a howl just, of pain and rage. Listen, it was painful to watch and I'm rage filled after watching it. I have rage. So I guess it fulfilled its point. I, I guess. I'm, I, listen people i do not recommend this film no i think there's so much better Marilyn content out there this is not it can we talk about the anti-abortion agenda of this oh film? my gosh the abortion scenes were so crazy and then the like the whole scene when she's in the garden with like when she's married with arthur miller and mm-hmm. she's pregnant with his child and like the baby's like talking to her and is like you won't get rid of me this time oh you won't hurt me will you and he's and she's like no because he loves us and i'm like this is so also the fetus thing yeah we all keep the cutting to a shot of fetuses all like all of like I her that was so weird like in all of her like mental breakdowns when we like cut back to like the baby and like the in the the baby in the drawer drawer that was like pretty hard to watch i'm okay i mean it is hard to watch i'm okay with the baby in the drawer i have a problem with the fetus thing because like i don't think like they wouldn't have the same like imaging of fetuses no no they were just trying to make the fetus like uh, i think they were just trying to make it like a real thing and like just honestly i think they were trying to like traumatize people yeah it's a yeah i didn't like it what is there to like here? The casting of Adrian Brody as Arthur Miller, Arthur Miller spot on. On point. 
uh, Bobby Cannavale doesn't especially look like Joe DiMaggio. I did not get Joe DiMaggio vibes from him at all. No. I feel like he's not tall enough. He's not lanky enough. He doesn't have like the right face. He like doesn't have the right voice. But the- I did not like it took me a minute to clue in to be like, oh, this is Joe. Yeah. Whereas like Adrian Brody, I was like, oh, it's Arthur Miller. hundred yeah. percent. Um, So we were talking the other week about Joe DiMaggio. Oh, yeah. And Marilyn. And... You know, at the time that we were talking, it was the first time that I had, like, really heard a lot about. It was around, it was around the same time that I had heard about, like, this whole thing about Joe DiMaggio, like, maybe beating her up or giving mm. her bruises or something. And I was in a phase where I was like, Joe DiMaggio fucking sucks. He's the worst person ever. He abused her. He hit her. We hate him. He's the worst. And I was mad because, like, in the run up to this and I told people I was like, we are going to be covering Marilyn and talking about Marilyn. And we were going to watch the Marilyn movie. And all the men in her life, people would be like, oh, well, Joe DiMaggio, he was the real love of her life. He was the one who really loved her. Mm-hmm. And when I read that about him, like, like maybe physically abusing her and hitting her, I was like, well, no, he fucking sucks. And he's not the love of her life. Mm-hmm. And you did dispute me at the time. And you were like, no, he really did love her. But it was, well, it was like a flawed relationship. For yeah. Sure, so I think he did really love her. Uh, now, after doing all this research, I've come around to it. And I've been like, no, like they they both were toxic, but he did really love her. And he did like continue to love her in a sustaining way for a long time, even after she died. Oh, yeah. Well, and that was my whole point, because like at the beginning, yeah, they were toxic. But Mm -hmm. then even when she filed for divorce, he was like, oh, I screwed up. Yeah. Like he regretted. He was like, I. And so and so she was like, what really helped me was all the psychotherapy, blah, blah, blah. And so he went and did a lot of therapy and a lot of work on himself. Mm -hmm. And so when they came back near the end of her life, which was tragic. Mm -hmm. um, But when he did come back, he was like, listen, I did all this work and I don't know if like we can like rekindle what we had but i'm like open to it Mm -hmm. and so and he was there for her because like when she was i keep wanting to say institutionalized he was there for her and he Mm -hmm. was the one who got her out and then when she was moved to like a a proper hospital like a mental health like care facility he was there every day Mm -hmm. with her helping her through that like he really cared for her and she had a great relationship with like him and joe jr like they it just it really seemed like they were going to be mm-hmm. be a family and, and and yeah it's it's a it's unfortunate if and, she had lived longer they maybe would have rekindled something well and that's what the like half finished letter that they found like in her room like after she had died it was it was like along those lines mm-hmm. um it was it it seemed to be like professing love for for joe dimaggio and then I mean, after after her her death, he what would send like a dozen roses like every week to her crypt. Well, he was the one who came when she died and she was in the morgue. They were like, well, we need someone to come to identify her body. But she's an or like she's essentially an orphan. She doesn't have any family. And he was the one who came and identified her body. And he paid for her entire funeral service and everything. No, he did everything. He did everything. I do. I do really think that. And I really believe that Joe DiMaggio loved her. Yeah. And I think that Marilyn did love him. I don't think it was a perfect relationship. No. Because I think they both had a lot of childhood trauma that they were overcoming. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there was a basis of love there. Yeah. Well, so what I have to say Mm -hmm. is that the beginning, the here they are at the beginning of their relationship. And he's just like, so like cuckoo bananas for her. Mm -hmm. And she is like, I don't know. 
because <laughs> he has like this whole idea in his head of like what's gonna happen which is like she's gonna like quit her job and like come be a housewife and he's gonna, yeah like, he's retired so he's gonna sit on the couch and watch tv and she's gonna like cook him dinner or something and it doesn't doesn't turn out how to be but he still loves her and wants to make it work and then it just doesn't and she has to leave yeah him. but <laughs> and this is where my, <laughs> i'm like <laughs> this is jesus christ superstar she's jesus oh my god he's mary magdalene <laughs> and he's like i don't know how to love you yes <laughs> he's just like he doesn't know how to love her no and he does try to figure he w- does work on himself and it's just too late yeah it's, like mary magdalene it, like and mary jesus. magdalene and jesus <laughs> and she has to die in her 30s oh, just like jesus just did. like jesus did but I think that, I mean, basically, Bobby Cannavale uh, resembles Joe DiMaggio just about as much as this movie resembles Marilyn's actual life. Yeah. Three hours of really painful scenes could have been 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. And we didn't even get to the good stuff. No. We didn't even talk about any of the good stuff no so but listen there is like good stuff out there like that one biography we read oh yeah marilyn monroe the life of the the private life of a public icon by charles castillo so good that is what you should listen to slash read i want to read it again yeah i feel like everyone should read that that one was really good that like that uh the secret tapes on netflix that's a lot better there's so there's so many like podcasts there's so much out there about marilyn that's way better than this that's way better than this i do i would love to see like a big beautiful movie about marilyn but that wasn't this maybe this is gonna be in the meantime call to arms yeah Call the Armas. Call the Armas. <laughs> Maybe they'll cast Florence uh, Pugh. Florence Pugh. Next time. I would love to see Florence she Pugh. She would do great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wait. Okay, here's a quote oh. from Marilyn. Here's a quote from Marilyn. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. So go read and watch the actual Marilyn and skip this absolutely boring movie. Exactly yeah that's your main takeaway yeah okay that's what we got well thanks for joining us thank you bye Bye. okay we're done we're still recording